0: Hi, I'm Lanny. On this podcast, I'll dive deep into all things home. Steading, cooking, schooling, making, food preservation, and scratch-made everything. Our homes used to be more than just a place to sleep and charge our smartphones. The home was the heart of our families, a place where we could birth our babies, school our children, grow, raise, cook, and preserve our own food, host weddings in the pasture, and funerals in our parlor you want to take back your autonomy and breathe new life into your home? Let's learn together. With intention, we can rely more on ourselves and less on the systems that don't serve us. This is the Greener Postures Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Greener Postures Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lanny, and I'm happy to be here with you today. So, September was a big month for me. And so here in the October homestead update, I'm going to be filling you in on everything that happened in September or everything that I can think of and get in, in this half an hour. Big changes here online. So I launched my new website that I've been working on behind the scenes for some time now, and that is preservingtoday.com. If you haven't heard yet, I'm super excited to have this free resource for people who can come there and see my recipes that I've actually done, pictures of how I do it, and too much information and the details on each of those things. So the idea here is that I'm going to have a post on my website with a lot of detailed information in a way that you can read with still pictures, and then also have a video on my YouTube channel that goes along with that. On the post on my website, there's also going to be the video right there on that page. But the difference being is that Sometimes I like to learn through watching a video and sometimes I like to learn to by reading. And I, I rarely ever do one or the other. Usually I'm looking up videos and I'm reading articles. And the reason being is because you can get a lot more detail in. Uh, people talking for a long time or reading a long post than you can in a three to five minute video, which is kind of my goal when I make my YouTube videos is to not make those too long. But I'm also thinking that I'm probably going to start making some new posts on YouTube that have a little bit longer content as well. So take a look there if you want some of my um, more detailed uh, posts of things kind of closer to what you would get at the Greener Postures workshops, but still nothing like those because those are two hours long. They come with a book that's like 30 pages. There's a lot of information and a lot of detail. The reason I think giving these details are extremely important is because if you're like me, I don't really fully Remember information unless I understand why it applies to what I'm learning. So, if you just give me, hey, make sauerkraut by putting salt on it and crunching it up and putting it in a jar, but you never tell me crunching it up and adding the salt lets the cabbage release its liquid and creates its own brine, then I'm never going to understand why I'm doing what I'm doing to make the sauerkraut. My goal is to make the brine. And now that I know that, it all makes more sense. So, when I'm Um, sharing what I know with people. I want to make sure that I add all those little you know, breadcrumbs that I followed along the way on my path of learning so that they can have a fuller understanding of something instead of just knowing enough to do the thing and maybe even have a decent outcome, but really understanding it enough that you could s- explain it in layman's terms to somebody else so that we all can keep spreading this information, this knowledge, this understanding, this heirloom wisdom that's being forgotten. And that's my goal with preserving today. And I'm really excited to be able to share in a new way with you. So if you haven't yet, go to the link in this um, episode or go to the preservingtoday.com and fill out the little form is just your first name and your email address to sign up for the mailing list. The mailing list is going to be a way where I can keep in touch with all of you. Even if my Instagram account gets taken down or if the world changes, I'll still have your email. So if we're not off grid, we've got a way to connect. So if you want to be there do that and then all of the ways that you can sign up for my mailing list i'll have a freebie that will be sent to you in your email make sure you click the link in the email because if you do not click that link you won't confirm your subscription and i won't know you're there so i do see on my um what I'm using to manage my emails, that there are some people, some of my favorite people that are even in my membership that haven't confirmed their subscription yet. So if that's you, if you didn't get an email and then click another button in there and get your free, you know, either Brian ratio cheat sheet, or I have a free fermentation ebook that's going out to people. If you didn't get that, see that and click the link, then you're not confirmed. And what I think is also happening is this is all very new. And I think the email, which is coming from Lanny at PreservingToday.com, is going to some people's junk mail. So if that's happening to you, check your spam, check your junk mail, and see if you can uh, confirm that so that you're actually on the list. Enough about that, even though that's kind of like the most exciting thing I've been working on. like I will talk more about it, I'm sure, but there's uh, homestead stuff that's been going along with this. And it's an exciting time of year because it's all about, you know, preserving the harvest, which is what we talked about Uh, in, uh, what was August? Gosh, it's going by fast. August was Preserving the Harvest for the theme. Uh, September, I talk all about pantry management. I really enjoy those episodes. I'm excited about how I organize my stock. And uh, I think it goes hand in hand with Preserving the Harvest. And it's something that's really applicable to what I'm doing right now. And then this month is going to be all about bone broth. And I'm super excited to talk about that because bone broth is one of my most important food groups. And I think... It's also really neat um, that it goes hand in hand with preserving the harvest and pantry management because it's a pantry staple that I keep on hand, but I make from scratch. So and in, in the bone broth episodes coming up, I'm going to be talking about how I preserve my bone broth as well as how I make my bone broth and use my bone broth stock stocking it and doing that in different ways is really useful. Um, I use it every day. It's what I have every morning instead of coffee or breakfast. First thing, I have a cup of bone broth, and um, I'm re- I am really enjoy that, especially this time of year. And then it's also in a lot of things that I cook. So I'm going to love talking about that. Stay tuned for those coming up episodes. So this month, September, started with a bang. I um, was excited to get my website out there. I can't remember when I actually launched it, but I didn't um, tell anybody about it until the middle of September, but it's all that I've been working on in all my, any anytime my two-year-old's asleep late into the night when Chad's putting the kids to bed, I'm working on my website, the content for that. All of that is written by me. It's not written by AI in case you were wondering if I was doing that. And it's, um, it's written by me Almost all the pictures are taken by me. I did use a few stock photos for some of my first posts that didn't have any, I didn't have pictures for anything. Like I wanted to show a, a city street. I'm like, I'm not taking, I'm not going to go downtown and take a picture of people that I don't like just to put it on there. So that's what canvas for. So you got like a stock photo of a kid picking apples. Cause I didn't have any that night I was working on it. So I plan to replace some of those with, um, the, with my own photos, but for the most part, all the actual posts of the, and the pictures of food it, are my pictures. And I'm really excited about my latest post and how well those pictures turned out. So I feel like I'm actually learning something and I did get a new camera. So all that's been very, very exciting, but also apple season has been exciting. So we have one apple tree that's a transparent and that, um, comes earlier and it didn't do very well this year. And then we have two, other apples. One is a Honeycrisp and the other, I forget what it's called, but the Honeycrisp did really well this year and um, was abundant. The other one did okay at first, but then all the apples fell off the tree and they were just gone. So we really only got apples from one tree, but it was more than enough for us. So that was the Honeycrisp and we finally did it and we bought a uh, cider press and a fruit crusher. And I'm so, I was, I'm so, I, I don't understand how I waited as long as I did to get those things, um, my one of my new videos on YouTube and my new posts on preserving today is using the fruit crusher and cider press. So if you want to see more about that, you can check it out there, and I'll link to that in the uh, the notes here. But the cider press was excellent. Chad assembled it, got it all figured out how we were going to use it. I was washing apples and cutting them into quarters. We did have two friends come over that hung out with us, and I had a bee go up the leg of my pants and sting me on my upper thigh. And so I like took my pants off in front of everyone and ran around, but they were all very kind and it wasn't that bad. I didn't scream or cry, but it it, it hurt. I was stung by a hornet. Uh, But uh, that's, that to be said, it's doing cider outside early in the year. Definitely. There's a lot of insects that were interested in what we were doing. But I think um the second time we pressed cider, we did better. We were crushing the fruit outside and then we actually used the cider press inside, which made it easier to wash and prep the apples. And I really enjoyed doing it that way. So I think the next year we'll probably do it that way too, even though that idea of pressing cider outside is really fun. Um it depends on the time of year. And if we had more people outside, it's fun. You can have kind of a party, maybe a potluck. So we have ideas planned for that cider press in the future. But the things I did with the juice, we drank it. I had my two-year-old going nuts for it. He was sticking his face into the stream of it and licking it off the tabletop. He'd never had juice before. He was very excited. Now he knows what juice is and he can say juice. (laughs) So it was a big deal for him. Obviously, I wanted to make some hot cider. So we did that, you know, like mulling spices in there, simmer on the stove for a little bit, add a little water so it's not too sweet. And that was really great. Drinking it straight right afterwards was good. And I don't normally drink juice, but I'm going to have some of that. Like that's our apples and we just pressed it. It is a living thing. It's not like what you get from the store when it's pasteurized and it's older. Even the higher quality stuff is still somewhat pasteurized, maybe at a lower heat. um, And it's not filtered. So it's cloudy it is cider but its pasteurization changes things and it changes the flavor too when you heat something so the benefit of having unpasteurized juice is what you can do with it afterwards so unheated juice not the same as a steam juicer or any of the other ways you can get juice that would cause there to be heat or pasteurizing or boiling it afterwards which would kill the natural bacteria i'm talking this pressed juice That stuff is loaded with good bacteria. And I was able to make apple cider vinegar. It's not done, but it's in process. It's got to the point where it's growing a mother on top. So I know I'm like in the clear, there's not going to be any mold problems. Um, I wish I could have done more of that, but Ched was really like, I just want to drink this. It's so funny because he says that, but then he's had like, I don't know, like two, six ounce glasses since we made it. He's so reasonable and he savors it. It's very good. Um, I get asked probably 14 times a day by our 10 year old if he can have some. But I'm trying to hold off because the other thing that I'm doing with it, which is different than I've done before, but sim- similar to things that I've, I've done, is I'm trying to ferment it in the refrigerator. So rather than keeping it on the counter for a couple of days to let that ferment and become sparkly... I'm keeping it in the refrigerator sealed tight so that it will build carbonation. The idea behind this is that at the high, at the lower temperature, it, things will go slower, and I think I'll be less likely to get to where there's more alcohol. Whereas when I keep it on the counter and it's warm, it goes pretty quickly and it's easy to get past the point where it's just sparkling cider and it becomes alcoholic sparkling cider. And then easy to just wait a little longer than that and have it become vinegar. So I got the vinegar going. What I wanted was a sparkling cider. So I left it in the fridge in a half gallon jar with one of the lids and bands, like a canning set up on top. And It is, I think it was like 14 days when we tried it and it did have that sound when I opened it and it had a little bit of bubbling rise to the surface. We drank that and it was exactly what I wanted. It was like slightly effervescent, really, really good, fresh apple taste, like so amazing. So... I put it back in the fridge, sealed again, knowing that it's getting exciting in there and I can't leave it for too long without at least burping it. But inside there with the canning setup, you can press a little bit on the top and that um, since it's not canned, that's a little uh, like a bouncy little button, click, click, click. You can tell if it's getting full of of, uh, CO2 or not by... Um, pressing on that button. If it starts to get tight or if it's bulging at all, you know it is, and you can have some, then let out a little bit of the c o two. But anyway, I think that's kind of a fun way to try to experiment. If you're concerned about making alcohol, if you're concerned about things getting too bubbly, just leave some extra unpasteurized juice in a sealed container in your fridge and come back and check on it in two weeks and enjoy. It's hard sometimes to not drink the thing, but I love, seeing what living food is like at different stages of its life and that is just another example of if you take something it's not heated it's in its natural state it's not sprayed with weird stuff and you leave it on the counter it does one thing if you leave it on the counter exposed to something like uh, like a vinegar culture it makes vinegar if you leave it it'll probably make vinegar anyway if you leave it in the fridge it makes sparkling cider you know it's just really cool so i'm pretty excited about that um I also was very excited to use a freeze dryer for the first time. I don't know if I talked about this on the last episode, but I had a friend that let me use their freeze dryer and I got to experiment with some stuff that I've been really interested in and kind of get an idea if we would want to buy a freeze dryer. And, um, I'll get more back to that later, but I experimented in several ways. And a lot of the experimentation was with apples because that's what we had available. So I did freeze dry some apples and those were like freeze dried snacks. I don't really like them. They kind of have a texture of styrofoam and they make your mouth really dry because they take all your spit trying to rehydrate themselves. So I don't like that. But if you take a handful of those freeze-dried apples, throw them in a pot with some water, put some mulling spices in there and simmer it, you have your own like cider mix, like dry cider mix, cool. So I thought if I took those apples and I put them in a blender, blended them into a powder, and then I could have that powder with some like pumpkin spice and a little salt, cause a little salt in anything is better, makes it taste better. So uh, I did that but they had so much sugar and then they got really sticky when that powder was pureeing and it was really actually not very good for my blender. I made enough that I have some, but it wasn't something I was going to do a large batch of for long-term storage. Uh, Other things I did is I I had leftovers of a soup and I freeze-dried it and that was pretty good. I had, um, a bigger project where I freeze-dried, uh, bone broth that I had just made, and I freeze-dried chicken and I fr- on one pan, and I freeze-dried. I, I cooked some carrots, onions, and celery together, and then I freeze-dried those together. Um, and then I cooked some pastini, like some small pasta, and then I freeze-dried those cooked. And so then, after I had all that stuff done, I took a bunch of jars, and I put a little bit of each in each jar so I could make my own like soup mix. So now we have these freeze-dried chicken soups in a jar which i did in pints and a few in quarts so it would be a single serving or to share you add water to f- cover it put the lid back on and let it sit for like 10 minutes and it's like rehydrated and it's soup and i was really actually really impressed with how good that turned out it's not like i just made soup but it is better than any packaged dry soup mix that you could get at the store so it is what it is it's it's still a freeze dried soup mix but it's so much better than what i would get at the store and with no undesirable ingredients like nothing there's no preservatives at all so then i put these in these canning jars and i use the little apparatus that you stick over the top of the canning jar and it suctions the lid onto there and sucks some of the air out i used that and it was um Seem to work. Um, some of them I put oxygen absorbers in some of them I didn't, uh, thinking I wouldn't you you know, storm for that long, With the oxygen absorbers, you can store stuff for like 25 years, but I'm not, I don't have that much stuff stocked. I'm going to eat this within a year, I'm guessing. So I didn't go crazy because the oxygen absorbers cost money and they're hard to work with. You have to, if you open a pack, you got to use them all really fast or they'll suck up the air, which I talked about some in my previous podcasts on pantry management. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fun to experiment. I freeze dried some raspberries. I made some yogurt drops. I freeze dried milk and made my own coke, um, hot cocoa mix. That was that was really cool. Actually, that's probably the best thing I made because my kids always want. I don't know, not my kids, but my older one. He always wants uh, the cheap like Swiss Miss cocoa mix and that stuff's poison. So getting raw milk from the neighbor dairy and freeze drying it and then mixing that with some good cacao and some, yeah, I did use sugar, powdered sugar or salt, a little salt. Um, I didn't have vanilla powder. Ellie, thank you for the recommendation. I still haven't found that. I don't know why. I'm probably looking at the wrong part in the store, but maybe I should order it from Azure. I need vanilla powder. I think I need that in my life. I have vanilla extract. I have some vanilla beans. I'm making my own vanilla extract. One was with vodka and one was with bourbon. So I could taste the difference. Those are about ready. Just used some yesterday, but I think I need vanilla powder too. Um, and vanilla beans are expensive, and they don't grow here, so there's no reason I should try to make that myself. I just need to find it. Uh, I also um, enjoyed the um, freeze dryer experimenting with some other stuffs, like candy. And We got stuff we never eat because can- freeze dried candy is a big deal. I don't know why, because it's not good. <laughs> that's the verdict there, people. It's not good. It tastes like, it's like styrofoam texture. It gets stuck in your teeth, but it's just the same candy that you already kind of didn't like anyway. <laughs> so I like, I'm glad we got to play with that. It was fun. i really thankful to those friends for sharing with me. I hooked them up with some stuff. Oh, the coolest thing I made guacamole. I made a huge, 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 <laughs> thing and guacamole you know chopped some tomatoes jalapenos garlic and onions um cilantro lime salt, um and tons of avocado and i mashed it up but not too much kept it kind of chunky and i laid that all out on the freezer i did a whole load of it and then i vacuum sealed those with mylar bags in uh and oxygen absorber not vacuum sealed but mylar bags and oxygen absorbers sealed in like single size servings probably enough for like two people to have with their their dinner um and all you need to do is add water and i've heard it's really good and it smells really good and so i'm i'm really excited to try that i haven't tried rehydrating any yet but i did a big batch of those and i was like during the winter when we just we want to have a little extra with our our mexican dinner that we're having um then I could try to pull those out when we don't have stuff like lime and cilantro and avocado at our fingertips. That's not expensive around here anyway, but especially in the wintertime. So, having that stocked up, I'm kind of excited about. It's totally extra, it's not anything we actually need. The other thing we were working on was the garden. Still, we had expanded the fence out, so there's more room in our garden. But we never got around to making the new beds this summer. So Chud just finally cleared a path through the woods to where this tree had fallen a year ago or so, and dug that out for me and cut it to the right length. And now we have a 20 foot by 4 foot additional bed in the garden, and another room for another, uh, more room for another one that same size and that's super exciting. We use our own compost to fill that and it's so rich and dark and beautiful. I'm going to plant either plant garlic straight into that uh, for next year or I'm going to uh, transport, <laughs> transplant some of my strawberries that were too crowded into that, uh, and then plant the garlic where the strawberries were. I'm not sure yet, but I, I need to move some stuff around in there. And I think that's what I'm going to work on today with my two year old. Um, the 10 year old is at his learning center uh, homeschool supplement today, That which is just two days a week. Today's one of those days. I think I'm going to get out in the garden with the two year old today because the sun's shining. It's cold, it's damp, it's been raining for days. But I think if we can get in there and just like mess some dirt up and get some stuff out of there that we don't need, we're going to make good use of it. Because so we harvested our squash as well. Delicata, Hubbard squash, and butternut. I still have some acorn growing in there, and I'm really hopeful that they'll get to maturity before it's too cold for them because I love acorn squash. Um, and I didn't get very many butternut. I got a fair amount, probably like six. But, you know, I planted two plants, and I was hoping to get more than that. Delicata, I got a handful Um, and the Hubbard, just three, but they're huge. Like I think I might need to do a canning project with those. I've never canned chunks of squash, uh, but I think I could do that. And depending on what that flesh tastes like, I might be able to use them instead of pumpkins for pumpkin pie and stuff like that. So if you have any experience with Hubbard squash and you want to give me any tips, reach out. I'd love to hear them from you. Um, We're really, really excited about that. And we had a little ceremony with um, the coming of fall by roasting a whole chicken from our last, last chicken from last year. So I'm now officially we've eaten all of the chicken that we raised and butchered in 2022. And we are now on our chicken that we raised and butchered in 2023. And with our roosters as well, lots of rooster cooking and broth making. So that's been great. I baked my first loaves of fall of sourdough on, on the day of the first day of fall. And it was really nice because it was cool outside and a little bit sunny, a little bit rainy. We get both in the same day a lot of times here. Um, I canned this month a little bit. I told you I did applesauce, but then I have also did pinto beans. Because the weather's cooler, this is a great time to do it. I soaked too many Pinto beans. I was planning on doing one canner load full, which is to do 16 pints because I can double stack them, but I accidentally soaked twice as much as I wanted. So I ended up with 27 or 28 pints instead. And um, that was exciting, but I'm so glad they're all done because now... Anytime we're having tacos, burritos, taco salad, I can just grab those. I spiced them with some like Mexican style spices. Some of them I did spice here than others and I have those marked. Um, they're ready to dump in a saucepan and heat up and then smash and add a little fat to if you want refried beans or they're ready to just be, you know, heated through and used as they are. Um It's really handy to have those. And I feel good not buying the canned beans from the store because sometimes they have stuff to soften the beans in there, chemicals and stuff that you don't want, or you're getting the aluminum cans or you're causing the waste or the transport of those cans. Instead, dry beans are easy to store and transport and they're cheap to buy. It's one of my favorite things, most satisfying things that I can in big batches to leave on the pantry um, that I don't uh, grow. So I, these are things that I bought from the store and canned them still useful, still save money, still saves time, tons of time. Um, I have a lot more satisfaction with canning the things that or preserving the things that I do produce here, but as far as things that buy, buying them from the store and increasing their value by inputting my labor canned beans are where it's at. Um, I'm so happy with a lot of the stuff that I got done this month, but it's so much different than it was last year. Last year I was canning like crazy, and I did so much that I had a lot of stuff left over, and so I know that I don't need to can more pears this year. We ate a lot of fresh pears, but I didn't can any, and that felt weird. But I'm okay with it. Our chickens ate a lot of them too. Um, same with applesauce. Still had applesauce from last year, so I just did a few jars. Um, still had like. Pickled crab apples and other random stuff that I did last year. So, I think for canning this year, I'm actually, you know, focus on getting some meat into jars and more convenience meals like spaghetti sauce with meat in it or chili with beans and meat. Um, soup. I did, I've done chicken soup recently with n- no noodles, noodles always on the side. You don't want to can noodles, they'll so get squishy. Same with the rice. And so, by doing this, I want to have more convenience meals on the shelf and have more space in the freezer before we get our cow, which will be a half a cow again at the end of October, I think, maybe into November. Um, The the last thing I think I did tell you is I freeze dried a bunch of beef liver and um, I've been making seasoning with that and that stuff is so good. I sent some out to Ellie, so hopefully she gets it soon and gets to let me know how it tastes. Um, If you want some and you missed my last message about that. If you want to try this stuff, um, reach out, send me a DM or something on Telegram. And I think that's about it for this month. I mean, there's so many other things, but really my focus has been on creating um, new posts for the website. And part of what that is, is me Doing the thing, even if I've done it before 100 million times, I'm taking new pictures. I'm trying it again. And it's actually so useful because I'm reading the old stuff that I've written about these topics, doing it again, following my own directions. And then I'm making changes if I've tweaked the way I do it, if I've learned more and improved things. So um, posts on kefir, making kefir cheese, making fermented applesauce, all of this stuff I've been doing again. So I can go through those motions and experience it again. Plus I want to make that stuff anyway. The kefir cheese posts I'm really impressed with. The pictures on that turned out so good and the cheese turned out so good. And it was raw milk kefir cheese, which I haven't made as much as I, I used to make it more often when I used pasteurized milk. and I liked it so much. I started another batch of kefir to make it right away. And my kid was just eating with a spoon and both of my kids liked it, which sometimes my older boy doesn't like the more sour or funky cheese, but he likes kefir. And I was like, well, if you like kefir, you'll like this. And he went in with that mindset and he loved it. And that was super exciting. Um, I'm working on a post that's going to be out very soon. Maybe even the same day as this podcast um, comes out, it's um, pumpkin spice. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, I'm basic. <laughs> pumpkin spice, kefir. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Like kefir that you make, don't let it go too long so it's not too sour. And some maple syrup, some vanilla extract, and some pumpkin spice. Dude, it was really, really good. And my kid is eating it for dessert. And so if I'm feeding him whole food that I make at the house that's probiotic rich and raw milk, and he thinks that's dessert and he's not saying, Can I get candy or whatever? Can you please try me some candy? He's just um super satisfied with that. I made a few different flavors lately, but the pumpkin spice one is good and it's really um topical, you know, this time of year. I maybe I'm late. People seem to get excited about pumpkin spice in like July now. <laughs> it's like it was like Christmas before Halloween decorations in the stores. So I don't I don't get it. But anyway, if you haven't tried that before, give it a try if you're doing for at home. It's really good. And that's that'll be my next post. So that's it for today, guys. I don't know how I'm going to put this out and how this is all going to come to be, but I'm just going to keep making stuff. And I really hope that it reaches the people who need to see it and who will find it helpful because when I was learning and as I'm still learning, I'm so thankful to all the people that share their experiences and their ways of doing things, especially when their way of doing things is not conventional and it's different. Um, I'm not as impressed with AI blogs that I find, uh, that somehow like write a page about why stuff, like how to can something. And then you realize they're not even talking about, it's real. It's, I don't know if you've come across that, but you get something that looks like a blog. There's not as many pictures on it. There's lots of questions and then answers. And like, I was looking stuff up for freeze drying and it says, how to freeze dry blank and it starts out telling you about freeze drying. And the next thing you realize they're talking about dehydrating. They're talking about drying because it's like the computer doesn't know uh, the difference about freezing, drying and freeze drying, you know? And so they're talking about freezing something. They're talking about drying something. They're talking about freeze drying all together. Like it's the same thing. And it just doesn't make sense. And I realized suddenly as I'm reading that, oh, this wasn't written by a human. This is a computer. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. So here's all my fingers. If you're watching the video, 10 fingers and they're all normal. I am not going to use AI to write my content um, or to generate creepy pictures with sausage fingers. So you have the, you have the guarantee uh, that Lanny for serving today and Greener Postures guarantee. Uh, Thanks again, everybody for listening and following and sign up for the mailing list because that's where I'm going to be announcing all the other cool stuff that I'm working on that I haven't told you about yet. So stay tuned for that. And also stay tuned for the potential of a bone broth live online workshop sometime in October. I'm working with another person, an herbalist who might be interested in joining me as well to talk about adding medicinal herbs for your bone broth. But I'm not sure if she'll be in or not, and if I'll do it either way. But I have some people who want to come, so if you are interested too, make sure to sign up for my mailing list so that you can hear about the dates as soon as I let uh, everybody know. All right, until next time, friends. See ya. Thanks for listening. I'm Lanny and this was the Greener Postures podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Greener Postures. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, Preserving Today, by going to youtube.com/slash at Greener Postures. Questions, feedback, or would you like to be a guest on the show? Send me a DM or you can email me at greenerpostures at PM.me. I'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in attending one of my online workshops and joining the exclusive Greener Postures Telegram group chat, go to my website, greenerpostures.com/slash workshops. I hope to see you there. See